All right, you can, I appreciate some of you are talking back a little. You can talk back a little bit here. All right, so here's the thing. We talked last week about what? This is quiz day, right? You know, this is really a test of the teacher, not the student. Right? What did we talk about last week? Purpose. Whose purpose? Your purpose, right? You as an individual. What did God make you for? What was your purpose? Because he had a purpose in mind when he made you. I know there's a lot of people who they don't, they don't realize that. They just feel like they're part of it and they're just doing things. And I get that. But you have a purpose. Now, what you may not think about is, and maybe you do, but maybe you've played on a sports team and you realize that certain players bring certain gifts, even the coaches, they have certain roles to play. And then when you combine them, if combined correctly, they actually can have more influence than any one person, right? And if they play well together the right way, then that can even be a better thing. How many of you have been on a team where somebody outplayed everybody and it didn't help? You know what I'm talking about? Like when I played football in high school, I was, I was a defensive end. I played on the defense because I like to hit people. And the offensive line, we had a guy on the offensive line. He was, he was just superhuman strength. He was, it was ridiculous. Like the rest of us were all excited if we could make the 200 club and bench 200 pounds. This kid was benching 300. I mean, he was so strong. It was ridiculous. Uh, so what would happen, though, if you understand how an offensive line works, right? You're supposed to line up like this and protect the quarterback. But if he just pushes his guy out front, what does he do? Come on, football people. Creates a hole, a, a, a lane for people to tackle. That's, so I love playing against that guy. Because <laughs> he was so strong, I knew I, just, I didn't have to match his strength. I just let him blow by me, and I would just get the quarterback. It was easy. You see how this works? Our purposes have to be aligned. We have to be, have the same purpose. And if we're, if we're operating just for ourselves, then we're not going to accomplish the overall goal of the team. You are on a team. You may not realize that or think of it that way. And we, the Bible uses tons of analogies. It doesn't use football analogies, unfortunately. But that's why I'm here to help you with that, to see that. So let's do this for a minute. We, you, you are on a team. What I'm going to do, I like telling you the plan before the plan, right? I'm going to tell you where you fit on the team, what the plan is, the purpose of the team, and then you choose if you're going to fit your purpose to the team or not. You want to just cut to the chase? Who wants to be on the team and do the purpose right? That's it? Okay, well, all right. We could just go home, but instead, let's do this. You may not realize we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, What's the beginning? God, thank you. Usually in church, the answer is Jesus. In this case, it was God. But you're right. The answer is God. You may not have thought of this before, but not only did God have a purpose in creating you, but his purpose was to have relationship with you. And the thing is, as humans, we have broken that relationship. So going all the way back to the beginning, you just need to understand God's purpose is to seek and save the lost. So Jesus is God's exact representation. Colossians says he's the exact representation of the Father. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And in Luke, Luke records this and he says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. That's the whole point. Paul echoed that when he was writing 
to, the, to Timothy, his protege, and he said this. This is a trustworthy saying. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I am the worst of them. So what is God's purpose? To save sinners. And who's that? Now in Missouri, my brother, you may not have learned these terms yet. I didn't grow up like this. But I knew that there was a plural you in English. It's just not written out that way. But there's times by context you can tell it's talking about everybody. How do we say that here, Missourians? Y'all. And if you're really Missouri, you would say all y'all, right? Or youans. I've heard youans before. I say it just because I think it's funny. But you get the point, right? All of us have this purpose. Well, if this is God's purpose and Jesus' purpose... Wait a minute. Let's, let's not get too ahead. Why does God do this? He loves you. He created a world he loves. So Peter wrote it like this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise if some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. Here's his purpose. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. And he wants everyone to repent. So I know this is a little repetitive and pedantic, but what's his purpose? He wants people in relationship, right? He wants to save them. Why? He loves them. He cares about them. He cares about their eternal destiny. He cares about that intimately. That's, the fact is, then what Jesus did is when he came and started calling disciples, he kept that same purpose. Look at how he said, look at the language Jesus used. Jesus called out to them, come follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. Now, they were fishermen. They know how to fish for fish. What they didn't know is how to fish for people. And that was his purpose. So then, as Jesus walks with the disciples, he's living life in front of them. And then he, right before he ascends to heaven, he says, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which we just did, teaching these new disciples to obey the commands I've given you. Be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What was his purpose? What was the disciples' purpose? To seek and save the lost. Do you see how this works? God had a purpose. His purpose was to find you and redeem you, have a relationship. His son came to earth, expressed the same purpose. He called his followers to that purpose. He gave them the great commission to finish that purpose when he left the earth. And he told them, this is now your purpose. But let me ask you, do we get to the point where it's done? No, seriously though. Uh, Is it just we get some people and we just become good and that's it? Is it just for this group of people in here? Is it just us four no more? It Okay, as long as you're tracking with me. So if that was God's purpose, Jesus' purpose, the disciples' purpose, and Jesus instituted the church, what's the church's purpose? It's to spread the gospel like Jesus did. It's actually to save the lost. Now, 
We're going to talk next week about other purposes the church has. But, but let me just tell you, when people pull up at this church, the, one of the first things they tell me is, it is beautiful here. And it is. But our purpose is not to have a park-like lawn out front. It's important. It's not our purpose. Our purpose isn't just to have a big building, a beautiful auditorium to meet in. That's not our purpose. Our purpose isn't to have a great sound system and a great band. And that's not the full purpose. All of this plays into the purpose, which is to seek and save the lost. It's for people to come to know Jesus. So if that was God's heart, his purpose, Jesus' purpose, the disciples' purpose, and he gave it to the church, guess what? It's our purpose. You, you, the purpose of the church is not to be like an aquarium. Anybody here have an aquarium? I do not. I like them. I, I don't know that I want to do the work to maintain a really nice aquarium, but I am impressed. They are incredible. But what does an aquarium do? Basically, if you have an aquarium, you get all these fish or special things. I've, I know there's people at this church who've got like really cool stuff in their aquariums. I mean, not more than just fish. I mean, they have really colorful little shrimp and all these other things, plants that are really expensive, and it's amazing. But what is an aquarium? What do you do? You get all these special fish, like you, right? Really pretty, like you, and you protect them. You, you hand feed them, right? Do they ever have to go out and work on their own? Not ever, no, no. They're all taken care of, right? You clean the water. You're really careful with them. But guess what? They don't go out in the ocean again. They don't go outside that aquarium. They just stay safe in there, right? That's not really what the church is. Now, we are a big group of pretty people getting taken care of, and I'm hopefully feeding you right now, but that is not the purpose. The purpose also is not a museum, just to show off what God has done. Now, I, I like museums, and I am that guy. You probably don't want to go with me, because I want to read every plaque. I want to read everything and see everything. So I'm probably not your friend if you want to go to a museum and just blow through it. That's not me. If I'm going, I want to see every room. And I ask, did I see everything? And you see those curators are like, can we go home now? Because I am still there. Museums are great. But they kind of show off what was or they protect things. That's also not the church. Now, we do show off things. And what we saw today was in a way that where we're saying, look what God has done. Nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't stay there. How many of you have been to the World War I Museum? If you have not been there, you need to see that. It is a really cool thing. But ultimately, it's about what happened. And none of that stuff works anymore. And you can't take any of those machines and put them out into action. They are mothballed and just sitting there. That's not the church. Now, some of you know I used to ride a Harley a lot. I really, really loved it. And for at least two years, you remember that, Rich? I didn't even have a car. I just rode my bike. And it was comical. I wasn't really, okay, I, I had friends who rode a lot, and, and there were times we'd go to a show, and I remember one time walking up with this guy, and uh, there were all these really nice bikes, and I said, did a, did a Harley dealer come show off bikes? And my friends just started laughing. He goes, no, those are guys who trailer their bikes. They just trailered their bike here and then parked them there. He goes, we call them rubs. I never heard that term before. I'm like, rubs? He goes, well, look how shiny and clean they are. They don't ride those bikes. You know, there's a difference, right? We're not that. You aren't rubs. Are, are we getting it yet? Did you know that 
Ships are safe in the harbor. But that's not what they were made for. You know that though, right? When they're sitting in the harbor all chained up and just sitting there, it's nice. If you've been to San Diego, there's a Star of India. It's, it's, it's an actual ship that actually at one time sailed the seas with real sails. But it just sits there. That's not what it was made for. And that's not the church. The church is not supposed to be something. Our purpose is not just to be a collection of, you are beautiful people, but not just to sit here and be pretty. So let me ask you this. How many men did Jesus train to do this? He had 12. Lost the one. They replaced him. Now, Jesus trained his followers when he gave them the great. Now, how many of you seen the chosen where he sends them out and they're all like, what are we supposed to do? All right. That may have been how it was. I'm not so sure. I think Jesus probably trained them a little better than that, honestly. But the bottom line is he trained them and he said, "Okay." My father's purpose is to, to save the lost. My purpose is to save the lost. Your new purpose is to save the lost. Did he just tell him, go do it, wing it, figure it out? I don't think so. I think he did tell them what to do. But the fact is, he did not send them out all by himself. Now, I mentioned um, having a superstar player on our football team. who didn't, He wasn't really a team player. But can you imagine working with Jesus? So imagine Jesus is training you and he says, hey, when you, go into the, when you go into this place, I want you to you know, heal some people. I want you to preach the good news. Now imagine following that act, right? Have you ever had to follow somebody who was just like a super good communicator and you're supposed to do something? I mean, it's, it's tough, right? So what did Jesus do? He said, okay, boys, I've shown you how to do it. We've done it a few times. Okay, now you're on your own. See ya. Is that what he did? Or like the kids said in the video, bye. I'm asking, this is the talk back part. Did he leave you on your own? I don't know, you know, because I'll be honest, there's a lot of times I wish Jesus would just do it, right? Because he could do it better than us. He could do it better than me. But he didn't do it that way. So what I want us to do, I've, I've told you so many times, never read a Bible verse. But what I want to do is I want to take a quick look at a passage of Scripture here that is really appropriate for this day. So if you look at the book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles is the full name. This is, this is Jesus. So we see in the New Testament accounts, the eyewitness accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell the story of Jesus' life, and then Luke picks it up right here. And he says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit, a little foreshadowing, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. He talked to them about the kingdom of God once when he was eating them with them, eating them, he commanded them, <laughs> do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Anybody paying attention? How much you doing the math? Anybody have any idea how many days it was? Said he was with them 40 days, and then in a few days, I'll just give you the answer, it's 10. 
So 50 days later was another Jewish feast after Passover. It's called Pentecost. That's what Pente means. It's 50. He told them, wait until this happens. He didn't tell them when, so it was still kind of a cliffhanger for them. Why did he do that? Because he had a purpose for them to fulfill, and he didn't want them doing it on their own because he knew they probably couldn't. It wasn't like that. God doesn't give us a, a job or a task and say, go do it on your own. Figure it out. He doesn't work that way. What he does is he walks right with us. And he already told them he was giving them the Holy Spirit. He told them that even before. But still they didn't get it. And look what they say to him. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And I'm sure he's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about yet. He replies, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. But here's the real purpose. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So starting right where you are, to the next area, to the next city, to the next region, through the entire earth. What he told him is, you have a purpose, and the purpose is to tell people about me, but I'm not going to leave you alone to do it on your own power. I'm going to actually fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you the power to do that even more. That was his idea. It wasn't just go do it on your own, but he wanted them to move. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were still watching, and they could no longer see him. Imagine the scene. I love how they just tell you exactly what happened. They strained to see him, kind of like a balloon that you let go, and you're like, ah. Two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you staring here into heaven? <laughs> it's almost like, didn't he just tell you what to do and you're still standing here? Go do it. Jesus has been taken from you to heaven, but someday he will return to heaven the same way. Get going. And then the very next chapter, it says this. On the day of Pentecost, in case you haven't figured it out, this is Pentecost Sunday. It's the same time frame. 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Easter Sunday. On the day of Pentecost, the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. It filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared, settling on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other languages. As the Holy Spirit gave them some ability... At the same time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and they heard the loud noise. Everyone came running and bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by, by the believers. The story goes on. This is what happens. They can't figure out what's going on. Peter, the same Peter who had been all boastful, then denied Jesus, then Jesus rose from the dead, then he was forgiven. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up, preaches a sermon, 3,000 people get saved. I don't know if you're following this. What was the purpose? That. People getting saved. Now, in that case, it happened because Peter preached a sermon. And then those people get baptized, just like these people got baptized. This is all con contiguous with the whole church. Those people get baptized. That's the purpose. What gave him that power was being in, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Changed his life. Changed everything. Him seeing the resurrection, realizing, wait a minute. Jesus, everything he said was true. And then that day, the church was born. It was born. Their purpose was beginning to be fulfilled. But it hasn't been finished. Because it's not just their purpose. It's our purpose. It wasn't just something for 2,000 years ago. 
It was something that started then and continues on now. And we know from history what happened with that church. It kept growing. And a a few days later, another 2,000 were added. 5,000 were added. Thousands were added. Now, they were in a culture similar to ours where a culture that was really against Christianity. They were in a culture, most of them were Jews at the time. Judaism was not ready to be changed into another religion. And they started preaching what Christ was preaching, and that started to change. They were also under Roman occupation. In case you aren't familiar, Romans practice slavery. They practice infanticide. They practice a lot of the things we're seeing pushed on our culture today. And it was turned over by a powerful church because of the Holy Spirit, because they weren't left there to do it on their own. It's funny, you know, as Christians, a lot of times we look at the culture and say, what is going on? You know what? People are doing what people do. It's humanity. They're drawn to sin and evil. That's what they do. Maybe you're thinking here, But that Pastor Dennis has changed. I mean, that was 2,000 years ago. Maybe you are thinking that. I understand if you are. Maybe you're thinking it's somebody else's job now to do that. Maybe you're thinking this. We pay people to do that. We pay you to do it. (laughs) I'm fine with that. But I'm just one person. That wasn't his plan either. My job is to train you to do it. And then the Holy Spirit empowers you and you share your faith. If I could have the worship team join me up here. I'm setting you up for something. Can you feel it? Are you ready for this? So how do people get saved today? I mean, how does that even work? Do you think, let me ask you, do you think God is surprised at where culture's gone in the last few years? Do you think he's like, oh my gosh, these people got out of control. I don't know what was happening. No. Do you think it's the first time? No. (laughs) I know it's crazy. I know we're seeing incredibly crazy stuff with trans terrorists and all the pride clothes stuff at Target. I mean, who would have thought, right? I, I get it. But you know what? Jesus still died for this culture. And he still died for these people. And his plan has not changed. He's still the same God. And he's not surprised. He, he is still the God that helped overturn all of that that you saw in the Roman government. Let me think about what he did. Think about who it was who overturned slavery. Those were Christians. Think about what has happened with, with even, even the treatment of women. All of that started with Christianity. Everything that has changed is for the good has changed because of, of Christianity. That's how it works. But it starts in each individual heart, finding Christ for themselves and changing that. So what are you supposed to do with this? Here's where it gets personal. I know I keep asking you this. What's God's purpose again? What was Jesus' purpose? came in the world to save sinners what were the disciples purpose was the church's purpose are you part of the church so what's your purpose let me ask you a very um, personal question if I were to ask you maybe before you heard all the right answers here today what your purpose was you might have said something different right And it's not like we don't have other things we do, and and I get it. You've got jobs, you've got family, you've got things that are matter, I get it. But if I ask you what your purpose in life was, you know, some of you might say, well, to earn as much money, retire early, maybe you want to be important or, or famous, or some people just want to get by, fly under the radar, I just want to live life. And Let me, I want to ask you some real personal questions, though. Do you think that God's purpose should align with yours or you should align your purpose with his? 
That's rhetorical. You don't have to answer. I mean, sorry, I know I got you answering out loud, but yeah. Do you, I hope it's hitting home with you that, look, it, if it's his purpose, there's no higher purpose. And maybe up till now, it hasn't really been your purpose. Maybe you think, I mean, you can hear Jimmy shout now here and it's his purpose to see people come to Christ. I get that. And maybe you know me and you know I talk to strangers everywhere and you're like, well, that's you. I get that. But that's not how it works. It's not just Jimmy and me. Yes. It's not just us. The fact is, what God does is just what I talked to you about last week. Whoever he made you to be, he uses that in a very unique and, and, and a way that is for you. He does that. No matter where you, you could be a teacher at a school and he uses you in that environment because Jimmy can't go there. And I can't go there, and I'm not supposed to. You are. You guys, I know you just got out of school, but the kids you're at with at school, I, I think about the public school situation, and I think, God, it's an amazing, an amazing opportunity for you to share faith in a way that you will never have again. You will never be again where you're sitting in a, like, say this is your desk, and then there's one kid there, and one there, 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 and six times, seven times over, right? You never get that again. And maybe you work at a job where you have maybe a crew you work on or maybe you know the same people or you're in an office. You are there and maybe you didn't realize that the purpose you're there is for them to go to heaven. Someone here, I, I, I don't wanna, I'm not going to say who it is, but they just recently had a, someone they loved and cared about move, their neighbor, and someone moved in who needs Jesus real bad. Really obvious, like, like really anti, yeah. And we were talking about it this last week. And I just said, maybe God moved them in there because you live next door. I mean, you ever think like that? That his purposes are something that we need to stop and say, wait a minute, is this, this is his purpose, this should be my purpose. And how could God fulfill his purpose through me in the unique way he made me, in the place he's put me, How do you do that, though? How do you do that? You know how you do it? By, by first of all recognizing and admitting, God, I need you because I can't do it by myself. And he doesn't expect you to. He doesn't throw you out all on your own and say, learn to swim. He doesn't do that. What he does is he gives us his spirit. That's what he does. And he works through us. Listen to this. God purposefully plans let me God purposefully places you in prearranged plans encounters I mean God purposefully places you in prearranged planned encounters pray for that pray that God will help you to give you the right words and give you the the boldness perhaps or the opportunity and then you just walk into it and he does things you know what else is cool? It's not on you anyway. Bless you. It's on him. He's the one that loves them and cares about them and has prepared them. And you're just part of the purpose and plan. And he works in that. It's not all on you. I mean, you can't convict anybody. You can't get anybody saved anyway. He does all that. You're just, you're just being obedient to your part in the plan. All right, shut your eyes for a second, everybody. Just if you would. Just shut your eyes. I'm going to... I'm going to basically ask two questions. And, and the first one is this. 
Maybe through all this, you've been sitting here and thinking, wait a minute, God cares about me? And his plan is to see me in relationship with him? I don't have that, and I want it. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with God, a relationship with his son Jesus, and you want that today, just raise your hand. We'll pray with you. We'll walk you through it, pray with you. Anybody at all. You do not have a relationship, but you want that. Give you a second. Some of you are kind of freaking me out because you, you rubbed your eye. Okay. All right. Let me ask you the second question because it's equally important. How many of that I've been talking, you feel like, and you could just, this will be just you and God, but how many of you feel like you, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, series of questions. You feel like, you know, I see that that's God's purpose, but it really hasn't been mine. Did you just raise your hand, just you and God being honest. I see those hands. How many of you would answer this question? I, I realize that's God pur- God's purpose, but I really need help with that. I want to do it, but I need help. Who would say, yes, that's me? A lot of hands. My hand's up too. You think it's easy for me because my personality is to talk to people, but the fact is I, I, I feel hesitant sometimes too, and I wonder if they're going to get mad or reject me or think I'm weird. I get it. But I look at it, and it just comes back to me over and over and over. If it's God's purpose, and I'm a part of this, the church that this is his purpose, I want it. It should be my purpose. And I'm just going to be obedient and walk through it and let him work. Would you stand with me? We want to give an opportunity for prayer at the end of this service today. <clears throat> Those of you on our prayer teams, if you would just come forward real quick. You know who you are. <clears throat> what I'd like to do is this. Some of you, you, you want to come and you just want prayer to help for, for you to, be, to have help being bold enough to walk through whatever God, opportunity God opens up. Some of you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost was a real thing. It happens over and over and over. I've seen God do this where he fills somebody with the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues and the boldness that they have is new and different. And maybe you're here and you think, I've never had that gift. I need that gift. Well, we'll pray with you. God gives gifts to his people. If you, that is you and you want us to pray with you, we want to pray with you. So as the worship team leads you, we just want to be available to pray with you. And if that's you, for whatever reason, we want to pray with you. So come on down real quick so we can pray with you today. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare your living home. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free. My shame is undone. Your presence, Lord, oh Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory. Is what?
talking to these students down front, I was reminded, you might be here and you might be more of an introvert. You might be thinking, Pastor, does God want me to change my personality? No. He uses that in your own circle in a, in a very unique way. You don't have to be as outgoing as Jimmy and me. That's not it. God uses you. I want to pray over you that God would give you these opportunities today, these purposeful places, prearranged, planned encounters for you today. God, I lift up this church and these people on this Pentecost Sunday and ask that you, through your spirit, would arrange opportunities for us to share our faith, for us to give answers, support, to to tell people and show them how much we care about them, how much you care about them. God, I ask in advance that as you are preparing people's hearts and arranging opportunities for them to talk and to maybe ask questions or share concerns and as we offer to pray or we offer to help or we offer to to share Christ with them I just pray God that you would not only give us those opportunities but give us the words to say and that you would make it just just really clear about what you're doing God I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to be part of your purpose in this world we give you praise for that in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you as you head out today. Greet some people. Welcome them. Talk to them. God bless you.